sound design uh, was on those other pieces of work, I knew that I I didn't have to overcompensate or or do anything like that. Like as much as possible, I want to try and be honest in the moment as an actor always, I think, in, in every medium. Um, so that was something I also was trying to do here. And I think that, you know, being able to work with John and Lauren and, and sort of go through all of the scenes and um, really talk about where Caitlin was feeling in every, or what she was feeling in every scene was really helpful, especially during that first season when we got to sort of, you know, perform it as if it was a play. A lot of those scenes are, are long scenes. And when you're in the same room with those actors, especially in the first season, doing a lot of the scenes with my, uh, you know, my mom and dad, um, it was so cool. <laughs> and it's, it's so cool in the moment to be able to um, say, hey, this, this specific line isn't feeling authentic or this moment feels strange. Like how do we, there's a lot of problem solving um, that goes on. And, and again, I've just been really lucky to work with everyone on this board to, to create something that felt really um, real and honest, um, you know, as real and honest as you can be when you're imagining that you lost a family member in a plane that disappeared right. seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move to Lauren, Lauren Shippen. Um, you were, um, you're, well, how is your involvement in this season different than last season? I, yeah, unfortunately um, I was in the midst of, of pre and then production directing another another show that comes out this summer. And and so I wasn't able to, to be as deeply involved as I was in the first season. It was such a, such a treat and such a huge learning experience for me to get to co-produce and co-direct this alongside with John. I mean, he's just the best collaborator you could hope for. And I learned so much from him about how to run a show and how to direct. And and I think, you know, Kelly even understated her involvement in in how Caitlin shapes into the person that she was. I mean, Caitlin's entire relationship to her parents, her process with grief. Kelly recommended some wonderful books to me, like um Theory of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion uh, that really helped shape Caitlin's grief journey. And so I, I just wanted to, to make sure to, to brag on Kelly for a second because <laughs> she won't do it about herself. Um, but for the second season, um, you know, something that, that John and I, I think, had a lot of fun with in the first season was that John breaks these incredible outlines where he'll map out the entire show himself and and sort of do the the beat by beats of the plot machinations and the, and the character beats and then bring on other writers. And in the first season, I just was so inspired by what he'd already laid out that I ended up spinning out all of these different ideas and, and we ended up shaping the, the season in a slightly different way than, than it had been, um, than it had originally been laid out. And then once all the writers were on board, we sort of each took a part of the show at large to focus on. And so um, John is so brilliant with with plot and with the mystery aspect of of this incredible conspiracy that's at work. And, um, you know, I, I was an American woman in my 20s. And so I had, I had a slightly uh, clearer line to Caitlin's character and voice um, even before Kelly came on board. And so we sort of took the approach where, you know, John would would keep an eye on all of the large plot machinations I would keep an eye on Caitlin's voice and her journey, and then we would meet together and, and give notes back and forth and sort of each do our passes on each each script as, you know, script editors. And so that's essentially how I functioned in this season as well, where I, I wrote two episodes and talked to John about the outline at, at large, but then um, sort of once all the episodes were written, I still did kind of my, like, Caitlin pass. Um, just to make sure that that everything was in line with, you know, where we had 
had her in the in the first season and where we wanted her to go in this season and making sure that um that things were also consistent i i was sort of assigned myself as the the keeper of the show bible and and sort of all of the dates and times and and different bits of evidence that we get in the first season and the second season and so um i was really i think just like a a, a catch-all um fact checker i think on on this season um as well as a writer of two episodes because when you're dealing with something that has this many moving parts and this many pieces of evidence and characters it's really helpful to have as many different people looking into it as as you can without having too many cooks in the kitchen um so you know having somebody who's focused on one aspect of of the larger plot like having someone just focused on the the you know the legal side of things having someone focused on certain character arcs having someone focused on you know, the, making sure that the, the threads that we are leaving out there for the audience, that the ones that we want to be resolved actually get resolved. Um, and so that was really um, my role outside of writing the two episodes was just being one of those, you know, several people who was looking over the whole season to make sure that um, nothing was falling through the cracks because it, one person alone cannot do it for a show that is this wide sweeping. Yeah. Yeah, and and so uh, Megan, uh, what was your role in season two? Which episodes did you write? I did episode six, um, Athena presses on, which is um, basically about Caitlin going home and and coming to terms with grief, uh, coming to terms with Rory, and um, we get to do a little fun bit with uh, a video game piece that was inspired by my own brother, actually. Oh, cool! I'm not kidding. And, yeah. and so did, did you come up with the, the game or like what, 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 what was, what was, how was that like? What did you, what was your role in that? Well, so we were kind of trying to, as with audio, you know, you try and figure out ways to like get really, um, do cool things with sound. You try and find really cool ways to like get information across, but without it just be like people talking. Um, and so uh, John and Lauren and I had talked about like, oh, well, what if it was this? What if it was that? Um, kind of going through the gamut of different potential things. And my uh, youngest brother was building a computer during the pandemic, because that's a thing that people do uh, that are not me. And I'm ve it's very impressive to me. Um, but he had been talking about like 8-bits. He was talking about building a game. And I was like, that sounds like something Connor would do. Connor would build a game. And what if we, and so it sort of spiraled out of like, well, what if what if we had that as part of the the game itself? Um, it, it was and... such a great sonic element to have. I mean, it made it so colorful. And then there there was something I was really impressed with was when whenever uh, Caitlin talked, you heard her real voice, but then you heard her sort of an echo of her computer voice. Mm -hmm. or, am I am I actually mixing up scenes? Maybe I'm mixing up scenes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, anyway. you are. Yeah, that was when she was on the Discord server. Okay, never mind. <laughs> that that was really cool. That but the game cool. was really, the game was really cool too. And um, uh, did, did you have a, a favorite scene to write from that episode? I I just enjoyed writing all of it. Like I think I really enjoyed writing all of the stuff to build up to it. I enjoyed writing the game, and then I also enjoyed just like the Rory and Caitlin fight sort of bit. Um, for me i always just like when people are angry with each other which is also what i got from like the parents as well and like caitlin fighting with the parents and so it was a very like full of emotional story uh for me that episode so i was it was very it was very fun i was very lucky to tell it cool and um so this is a question sort of generally for all of you um 
I'm not sure who to ask this of, but uh, how much of season two did you guys have in mind when you finished season one? Did you know what was going to happen? Okay, I'll jump in there. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't know we were going to make a season two, um, but I definitely had a, a sense of where the story was going, although uh, when we got to the end of season one, um, but it hadn't been worked out in detail. Um, because season one, essentially, I saw as a kind of interview show where, she, you know, Caitlin would go along and kind of interview various people. And it was a kind of journey of someone trying to deal with their loss um, and not being able to find the answers, you know. And I, for me, that was quite a sort of satisfying journey. And I think she went on a kind of, uh, on a, a sort of, there was a sort of emotional arc that Caitlin went on that at the end of season one, I felt she'd, she'd been on a whole journey. Um, and that was it. So, it, you know, so there was no sort of certainty that we would ever make season two. Um, but I did have a sense of where the story would go if, if we did. You did. And yeah. so go ahead, Lauren. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, I remember talking about, I, I completely agree with that, John, that, that Caitlin's journey felt really fulfilled and, and, and still like unfulfilled in the ways that you want an emotional journey to kind of still give that, give that tension of like, oh God, is her brother alive? Is he not alive? You know, she, has she completely, you know, lost the, the plot. Um, but we did talk, I, I would say going into season two or even just finishing up season one, we sort of, we knew the answer such as it, such as it is. Um, we, we knew, you know, what had happened to the plane and broadly why and where the passengers were. Um, and and then I remember brainstorming a lot with John on what a season two potentially could be. And we had all of these, these you know, far-reaching ideas. And then John, of course, in his brilliant way, coming up with these incredible outlines, um, came up with the character of Rory and sort of taking a different approach and jumping in at a different point and going on someone else's emotional journey and then bringing Caitlin into that, which I which was just like the perfect way to add in a new element, but then still give the audience the answers that, you know, to the questions that we had, we had asked in season one without trying to then somehow rehash Caitlin's journey. Yeah, it, it was nice. It, it gave, it gave a little mystery to the first episode. You, you weren't sure where she went. And, uh, um, so let's move to, to some questions from listeners. Um, I don't have names on each of these questions. I don't know. So I don't know who asked the question, but, um, the first one is, uh, I felt very immersed in the story passenger list. I was wondering how different is it to work on a podcast uh, from, for example, an animated or live action movie? Do the actors act some of the sounds by walking and moving around, or is it adding, added in editing? And if so, do you use storyboards to be able to visualize a scene? Um, I guess I'll take that one. And I, I think it's sort of different for every project, to be honest. Um, I've worked in animation before where I have been shown some storyboards or some sort of rough sketches of things. I've also worked before where there has been no concept of anything and the actors sort of come in and, and really get to create the character. And, um, you know, the animation comes based on what the actors do. Um, and then I guess specifically with Passenger List, um, I, I'm going to let John talk about what post is like in order to make uh, it sound like you are in those environments with those characters. Um, but I will say just from the passenger list experience of the first season being something where some of the sounds were recorded in the environment because we were 
you know, at one point walking around the streets of London, knocking on random doors to get those sounds <laughs> um, and not having to essentially do that post is it was probably different than the second season because we we did record everything in a studio yeah God, yeah I, well yeah i mean even, even when we were recording in studio we were very mindful of the sounds and the again the physicality of what the performers could bring to it you know obviously they couldn't be getting in and out of a car you know and doing that for real but we were kind of mindful to catch you know the the sense of effort and breath for every you know every physical action that happened and and make time for that to happen um but it was largely created the rest of it you know the, the sounds that didn't involve the actors were all created in in post-production um and it was uh, you know it was fun to do that to, to start it's like painting a picture you know a, a dab of color here a, you know a little sketch there and the world starts to feel real as you're editing you're, you're listening to it and you can't remember uh, you know kelly being in a studio somewhere suddenly she really feels like she's in you know a, a little hut in in you know northern greenland yeah. and and you start to when you get to that point where you start to sort of believe it then it all becomes real mm -hmm. in sound that's beautiful um another next question uh this is another listener question uh i loved rory's character and his struggles were compelling how did the decision to include him come about? Okay, I'll jump in with that one because um, it, it was in the outline for the second season. And I guess we felt that we needed, we couldn't have Caitlin go on the same journey that she went on in season one. It needed a, a different kind of energy and, and a, a new dynamic. And, and the idea of her kind of teaming up with someone to some extent would, was kind of fun. Um, I, I was, and, and Lauren gave me credit for the outline, but actually there were lots of people that kind of worked on the outline for season two and uh, specifically the novelist, um, Sarah Lotz, uh, worked very closely with me on it and also Mike Walker. Um, and so the, this idea of a, of a kind of morally compromised aviation lawyer, a bit of an ambulance chaser, you know, who starts off in pursuit of money essentially you know he's in a kind of fairly tight situation he has a lot of expenses um and that gradually during the story he becomes personally involved and uh you know that seemed like a kind of it seemed like we needed another character story arc to to go alongside caitlin's mm -hmm. uh, so that's how he came about and i love him as a character yeah it's great yeah uh the next question um, how did it feel behind the scenes to see the theorizing happening in the Discord? Does a, uh, does a time stick in your mind where people got really close to the truth or incredibly far away from it? Are you guys following the Discord conversation? I mean, I can semi-answer that if only because I, I am uh, so unaware of how Discord works. I'm still trying to learn. Um, and so uh, I, I did, my brother who is also uh, I have already mentioned numerous times, but he was in the Discord and I was like, just tell me what's going on. I would get like digests and updates from him. Um, so it was really fun to just to get, cause I, like I said, I don't know how Discord works at all, but uh, it was very fun to get those, dis uh, to get the digests and to like know where, where it was going and 
Well, yeah, I think that like there were different, there were definitely times people like got deep into it. It was just like, oh wow, this is really fun. I, I, I always enjoy when people engage. It's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought um, I was following it quite closely, and and I on one level I found it kind of terrifying because people were getting into it uh, and analyzing every piece of information to an extent that I had never anticipated they would. <laughs> so I got really worried about whether we'd got, you know, everything completely right. Um, but at the same time, it also actually gave us some ideas. There was, there was one time during the Discord discussion where someone mentioned something that had happened in season one that we'd sort of forgotten about and hadn't been referenced at all in season two. And so, we thought this is actually a really good idea. Why did we leave that out? We need to put it back. And we actually re-edited one of the um, episodes before it went out to include something that someone on the Discord had brought up. Do you want to be more specific about that? What was what was the episode? It, it was the um, um, the well the event. Uh, you know, the thing that they brought up was the song that was played, the Willie Nelson song in season one. Um, that. Caitlin and her brother used to listen to, and also that Chad, this kind of hack, hack guy, guy, girl, you don't really know who, you know, the, the disembodied voice plays to Caitlin down the phone in season one. And so we re edited a tiny moment in season three, um, Lauren's episode, um, towards the end when she's, make, she's making these calls to Connor, who she doesn't know if he's getting the messages at, at, at all she presumes he's not but it's it's kind of a way for her to you know resolve some things you know by making these calls and leaving messages on his answer phone um and towards the end of season three when she leaves one of these messages she's playing that music yeah go ahead I, I think something that that's so fun about a show like this and about having a, a community of people who are theorizing and, and something that that we discussed a lot um, as we were building season two is finding the the mysteries that you absolutely for sure want to tie up and then finding the, the threads that actually want to leave loose. And that the you know, we had a lot of discussion around the the mysteries that we wanted to make sure that we we answered even if it was in a tiny way or just referencing that you know that mystery was still a mystery um but then there were the things like i think that the easiest example is the the psychic witch right where she says just enough where it's like wait does she know something more is she psychic but we never actually say anything either way about it um because i think that there's something really fun in leaving certain questions open and unanswered so that the audience can just continue to theorize you know forever about them yeah. Uh, we have another um, listener question. Uh, how is Thomas's last name spelt? Uh, it's it's probably spelt in a number of different ways. It's based on the scripts. I, 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 I mean, I think it's spelled R-I-D-E-R. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure consistently that's been spelling. Yeah. I wonder what motivated that question. I don't. I don't know. Um, it's You're just, asking the wrong person as well because my spelling is, is the worst. <laughs> it's audio. <laughs> you know, just has to sound right. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, what did Rory and Caitlin's parents talk about when Caitlin was playing Journey of Athena upstairs? 
I think they were talking about how, how difficult kids are and what a lifelong sentence it is, you know, when you've got kids that you just worry about forever. And I, I say that with the experience of being a parent of a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. <laughs> uh, or they anyway. sat staring at each other in silence. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's, here's a question that I want to know the answer to. Actually, we, we probably know the answer to already, but um, will there be a season three? Uh, it's probably me again, isn't it? Um, yeah. the, I don't think so. Um, you know, it feels like the series has kind of reached a conclusion. Um, you know, we get the answer and we, we tie it all up. Um, you know, sure, there's a little chink of light left at the very end of season two where another story could spin off. Um, but honestly, we don't have any, any plans to at the moment. Uh, would you like to? Uh, is that to me? Yeah, it's um, to you. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But, you know, um, what I did find doing season two is, you know, we were quite surprised at how, uh, how much people loved uh, season one. You know, because you kind of embark on these things, not quite knowing how it's going to turn out um, and stuff like that. And, and so when we started making season two, the the bar was raised very high. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you sort of feel you can only disappoint, you know, in some way. And, um, and I guess, um, I, I guess if the right story came to mind for season three, you know, but it would need to be something completely different, I think. I think it would, it would spin off in a different direction. It, you know, it wouldn't be Flight 702, right. for sure. But, uh, but also, you know, it was an incredible team of people to be working with. And we were lucky to get everyone back for season two. And that's, a, you know, a tricky thing. People are busy. People's careers move in different directions. Um, we were incredibly lucky to get everyone that was involved in season one, all the actors, everyone um, involved in season two. And I, I don't know if that would happen again. But, yeah, if I could work with the same people, over, I would definitely want to do it. Um, we have a couple more uh, questions that came in from the live Discord. So um, the first one is, uh, the season touches on a lot of topics that mirror our current reality. Nationalism, espionage, even a contagious virus. How did you toe the line between being realistic and having these plot points hit too close to home? I feel like that yeah. was a, a good like... No, no, no. no, 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 no sorry, go ahead, saying... Megan. No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, I feel like it was a good sort of motivation for it. Like the the ties in from real life to the stuff that was going on in Passenger List was sort of a way, at least for me, to to process. <laughs> Lauren? Yeah, I mean, I, I um, episode three, the, the one about sort of the, I mean, it became about a, a lot of things, but about... Uh, sort of the rabbit hole that that Caitlin goes down when when sort of chasing down this lead. Um, I spent, I don't know, about two months reading various books about alt-right extremism and, um, you know, QAnon and, and sort of all of the things sort of around the, the, the rabbit hole of internet extremism and, and how those things operate. And I think for me, there were definitely moments in writing the script and, and things that sort of shifted like that script went through a couple of like quite different drafts because 
I was getting, I think, too mired in in the real life situation. And I, I think ultimately the thing that made the episode finally work in script form and, and that I think really the moments that that's shown in the episode because of, of Kelly's performance are these messages that she's leaving for Connor. And you don't know who she's leaving them for until the very end. You think maybe she's like calling Thomas or or it's it's supposed to be unclear. And I think rooting Caitlin's experience in these incredibly dark online spaces, especially as a woman of color, rooting those in her desperation to find her brother who she's now convinced is alive because she's heard his voice on the end of a phone really helped me personally from letting that episode be too yeah too mired in real life and too dark i mean she yes she does go on about like you know black pilling and, and sort of the, the the hopelessness of existence but it, it it still doesn't get too dark because it's coming from this great place of love ultimately because of how much she cares about her brother um, yeah, I'd, I'd just like to jump in on that as well. That you know, you know the, when we when we first sort of came up with the idea, it was never going to be a sort of mystery thriller, just a mystery thriller. The whole point was to create um, a mystery thriller as a sort of skeleton on which to be able to talk about the world and the things that we felt passionately about. That was kind of the point of making it, not not to to tell a mystery thriller. Um, you know, the mystery thriller bit was to to get everyone, you know, invested so that you would sort of lean forward and want to know what was going to happen next. Um, but, you know, it, it made me think more generally about sort of fiction and why do we why do we listen to fiction podcasts? Why do we read novels? Why do, why do we watch films and, and TV shows? Is it is it just a like a distraction, a, a bit of light entertainment to take our minds off the world? I, I don't think so. You know, I think it's because it makes us ask questions about who we are and and the world we live in, and that was very much the motivation behind this. You know, when we embarked on it, it, it wasn't just going to be a mystery thriller. It was going to be about the world, and and it was going to encourage people to ask questions about themselves. Um, and one of the things when when Kelly and I first met and first had a conversation on the phone and then we met, it was something Kelly kept saying, you know, I, I'll do this if it can be about something more than, you know, just the story. And so, you know, and she was a very strong influence in developing the script that way. Yeah. And was that that thing was was exploring grief? Or or more broadly? Oh. Well, season one was exploring grief. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah. Um, I think it was exploring grief, but I also think there were other changes that sort of happened when I came on, especially in the, obviously the scenes with Caitlin and her family. Like I, um, and it was really cool to be able to work with John and, and Lauren on, on making sure that here was a family that was going in and out of Vietnam and we weren't explaining their existence. We, we didn't have to over explain what they were saying. Like you can still as an audience member really understand what's going on in those scenes. And it really reflected the way that I interact with my own parents. So I think there were things like that that were really important to me. Um, and just going along the lines of what John was saying, like I, I've always been a huge fan of audio drama, um, but I knew that if I was going to do one, I, I wanted to as much as possible. I guess 
just bring light to experiences that I hadn't really heard in that space before. Um, it was amazing to be able to work with both John and Lauren and Megan and, and have an experience be so collaborative in that way. Um, yeah, it was dope. I'd do it again to answer that previous question. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, this is another listener question. You said earlier in the Q&A that you were knocking on random doors in London. Uh, did anyone ever answer? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, but I remember it was raining. Do you remember this, John and Lauren? It was like fully raining and we had, Mark had a mic and we were just <laughs> walking around the street and knocking on things and no one ever answered. No. I think it we was found, an abandoned building. <laughs> yeah, we found <laughs> like a scaffolding that we could sort of stand under because it was raining and you were knocking on like the, the like, you know, temporary construction door, I think. So oh, okay. yeah, it, was like, it was an abandoned building, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but people would sort of walk past and give us strange looks, definitely. We're making art, people. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> Yeah, um, Kelly mentioned Mark Henry Phillips, who was the sound designer for the first series. And, um, you know, he really, he's, I want to mention him because he, he completely established the, the style of this. We had a conversation early on, I think Lauren, me and Mark, about whether everything should be as though it's found material. And we kind of decided, because we could have gone the other way, we could have made it more drama-like. And we decided, actually, you know, let's let's try this because it is it is kind of interesting. You know, if everything is either recorded on Caitlin's tape recorder or, you know, a, a tapped phone call, you know, that maybe some third party, the FBI or someone have, have, have recorded um, and, and try and construct a whole drama out of this. Right. In some ways, it, it makes it very kind of compelling because you feel you're hearing stuff you're not meant to be hearing. Mm -hmm. But it also, from a story structure point of view, it's kind of quite liberating because, you know, you, you're limited in what you can do and what the scenes can be. Right. And um, it, it implies yeah. also a perspective on the material that's none of the characters necessarily, um, since we're kind of getting all these recordings from all these different places, like some, somebody's watching all of this and who is that person? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which is kind of really interesting that you're seeing it from that. And you would think it would be very distancing, but somehow still you're able to get inside Caitlin's head um, and feel quite a lot of empathy for her. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Despite that. Mm. Um, did you, this is another listener question. Did you have any particular actors in mind for your characters? Um, yeah, I mean, this, this was kind of written Kelly from the start so you know and and you know as we've discussed Kelly was very involved in, in developing the character so so that was there from the start Ben Daniels character in uh, you know Rory the lawyer um it wasn't written for him but um we you know he was definitely you know top of our list of people we wanted to we didn't know if we could get him you know and and he was someone we really wanted to work with um yeah but it, it, you know, we had other people on the list, but he was the one we wanted. Uh, with with the other characters, um, there's a kind of casting process, and definitely we had some people in mind. Uh, Rob Benedict, absolutely, and I just love his character. Um, Jim Dennison, the you know the FBI agent that's gone rogue. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted him right from the start. Um, we, yeah, I was I, I was really happy when he reappeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted him back, um, but you know, we wanted to cast as authentically as possible. And you know, one of the things that was very important, to, you know, the, and and it was important to Kelly, I know, because she said, you know, was with the parents and stuff like that. We we wanted them to be able to, you know, speak their their mother tongue. So we wanted actors that Caitlin's character could communicate. You know, in uh, with not not in English, you know, and to use that and improvise and have actors that we could kind of improvise and really work that. Um, so you know, if we'd cast a, a sort of generic, you know, Asian parent, that, then it just wouldn't have worked. We had we had to get quite specific, and we really wanted it to be truthful. Yeah. Um, that is all the questions we have from listeners. Um, I th- I think that I, I think to wrap it up, do you guys have any? Um, any thoughts about how season two went? Um, anything that you'd like to share uh, with sort of reflections on how this all, how this process feels in retrospect? I will say it was thrilling to get to hear season two as a listener um, because I wasn't really deep in post on season one, but I was obviously there for all of the recording of it and so to get to just you know finish my scripts and then read the whole season and and obviously know some of the cast members that that were going to be in it but then hear the finished product was just incredibly exciting and it always brings new dimensions to these scripts that you've written or read to hear them performed by these incredible actors so I'm just so grateful to have been a part of, of both of these seasons and to to really get to just sit back and 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 enjoy this the second season yeah, yeah. as a as a listener uh for the first season uh and and i was always uh very excited about the first season it was really great to like be able to write um write this i love john and i love lauren and i love kelly and, and it was a very like it was very fun it was a very cool thing so I'm, I'm super honored at, at getting the chance to do it. Yeah. I, I'd, um, I'd love us all to kind of be in the same space again, you know, because I would say the lockdown thing, you know, is, is kind of very distancing. But I feel very lucky to have had such a brilliant group of people um, to work with. I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know, for me, what, what I'm most proud of with, passenger list is that it's a very human story um and i always wanted it to be that not just a thriller um and it goes very deep i think and so i'm i'm really pleased with that and and i think what kept people listening as well um was the flow of information you know in some ways having that remote uh, the third party point of view helped the flow of information because you're only getting you're only hearing what material is supposedly available um but i think that was kind of key not trying to explain everything but um you know but letting it letting people kind of piece it together by what information's there and um so i'm 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 kind of very proud of the kind of emotional journey that we took caitlin on and and i still when i listen to that news montage at, at the end which takes us from when Caitlin's character decides she's going to tell the whole, they're going to, you know, using 
Connor's computer skills, they're, they're going to um, live feed the passengers in their cells in Greenland to the world. And then there's a kind of news montage that sort of explains, ties up all the ends, really. It shows what's happened. It's incredibly kind of emotional. It's, it's partly Mark Henry Phillips' music as well. Um, but that sequence always kind of gets me, you know, the, the, the storm. They're trying to imagine the kind of media storm that would happen after an event like that and the way that we would be experiencing that kind of story in real life through the media and through um, social media as well. Um, we tried to kind of reproduce that. And I, I think that it's incredibly convincing for that and quite moving. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, did you have anything? Oh, man, I had the best time. <laughs> um, across both seasons, I think just being able to not only work with the amazing people on this panel, but also all the actors um, was such a joy. And also because it was such a small team of people, especially in the first season, it just felt like we were doing a play, you know? <laughs> it was really, really special. And I think that I, I learned a lot um, something really special about just like John said, wanting to tell a really authentic human story uh, and, and being able to do that with just, you know, <laughs> it really felt like just friends doing, doing something really special. And <laughs> some of those scenes in, in the first season, especially, you know, when Caitlin's in the taxi, we were actually in a car and it was just magical. So I'm, I'm not, speaking very uh <laughs> well right now but i i had the best time truly yeah it sounds fun um i should also mention there's a passenger list book available um do you guys want to talk talk about that john do you want to talk about the book yeah so it it was um, published last week by um trapeze um and um it's available as an ebook and as a paperback and it basically covers the whole of season one and season two, but it goes a little bit deeper and it certainly goes deeper into the, you know, Caitlin's head. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a very uh, fast read, you know, so it's an exciting. Did you write the book or did you, did you work with another writer? I, I worked with another writer um, and we worked on it together. Um, it, it, that was partly because we wanted to bring it out um, when season two was coming out. Um, and uh, we were working on season two at the time. So it was written quite quickly over the last three months of uh, the end of 2020. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, so we worked on it together. And I'm, I'm really proud of it. I think it's a, it's a really exciting read. So I hope you'll get that. And I think it takes, it gives you something slightly different from the podcast. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, wraps it up for us, I guess. Um, thank you guys for talking about the show. Thank you, thank you everyone for listening. Um, and uh, any parting thoughts before we adjourn? I'm, I'm just so grateful that so many people kind of engaged with the story. Um, and I think this Discord channel has, has really kind of demonstrated, it's been a great focus for, for all those people that like season one, because we didn't have the Discord on um, season one um so it's been great and thank you all for you know a, a show is nothing without its audience and, and thank you for 
you know, analyzing it to such an extent and, and kind of pushing us really to make it good. All right. Thank you so much. And thank uh, you. All right. And uh, thank you for listening. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye.